What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Ab Geek Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Colin, the chief Ab Geek, aviation maniac, or whatever you want to call me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Ab Geek Chronicles podcast. Uh, last week, great episode, quick episode, talked about how the younger generation always complains about how flying can be expensive. And I kind of brought out an interesting approach last uh, last week on a tip for all you aspiring aviators out there on a very quick, fast way um, and free way that if you want to, if you're trying to raise money uh, and trying to save money to, to become an aviator, to become a mechanic, to do anything in aviation, I think you need to listen to my last episode. Uh, I got some really good information out there. But today, we're, uh, we're bringing out another episode of the Ask the Abke Show. And guys, I have a super, super special guest. I'm super humbled uh, to have him on. Um, I mean, just... I tell you, man, to give me the time today uh, with your with your crazy uh, schedule, I mean, it's just really, really incredible, and I'm so excited to uh, to get your story uh, your story out. And guys, I mean, the reason why I thought he was so great for this podcast is basically he he has lived any basically all dreams that all aspiring pilots um, have, and to do it at the age that he has. Uh, I mean, it's just a quintessential story of hard work, perseverance, um, and putting your dreams into work. Uh, so everybody, I'd love to welcome to the Ask the Ab Geek show, uh, AJ. AJ, how you doing? Uh, and I'd love for you to, I'd love to, love to have you introduce yourself uh, to the Ab Geek Chronicles nation. Uh, how old are you? Where are you from? Just tell me, tell us about yourself, man. Yeah, so I'm 30 years old, uh, and I'm originally from Abingdon, Virginia. Uh, which is a place not very many people have heard of. I grew up in kind of small town USA, and it's it's kind of funny. Like uh, as I've as I've gotten a little bit more developed in my professional life, I, I think that coming from a small town has helped me a lot more than it hurt me mm-hmm. uh, about the, the life lessons you, you you pick up in a place like that. You know, um, so that's uh, that's originally where I'm from. Uh, we're based out of Las Vegas, Nevada now. Obviously, um, I've been in aviation since I can remember. Uh, I've been fascinated with airplanes it was fostered at a very young age by particularly my grandfather is always brought up when people ask me about my story he was a, a world war ii uh, veteran uh played a huge role in, in uh, aviation during world war ii and and uh he always just catered to my interest in airplanes and, and kept me focused um and was a huge supporter of, of my journey and uh and I was very fortunate that it was fostered by my whole family, really, mm-hmm. um, all along. So it, it really kept me on the right path. But I've truly never wanted to do anything else. Uh, and I I, uh, I would pass along to anybody, you know, uh, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I know that That's sounds generic. But, uh, <laughs> it's the but truth. I can tell you, it's true. It's the best advice. Um, you know, it's the best advice you could ever get and choose to listen to because it, it really does make the difference in, in your life. It really will. So before we get into kind of your history uh, in aviation and kind of just like what you said, you know, that that was a that's a pretty big move from you. So being based in Vegas and originally where you're from, you know, what's that what's that kind of like for you making a jump like that? Um, it was it a big change. Was it hard? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it was a big change. It was a, it was a phenomenal opportunity. So, um, you know, I was I was a flight instructor uh, at the current time and, and flying some uh, some lighter turbine equipment. And then I got. Uh, a great friend and mentor of mine gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to come join this team. And, and so it, it made it easier that uh, it was for such a, a, an improvement, you know, professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really took away from kind of the sting, I think, of being away. And, and it's one of those things where I, it wasn't a move, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, uh, 
a move that was like open-ended. It was like, no, we're here. We have a, a mission, a vision, a purpose. And it's like anything else. I was 25 years old, about to be 26 uh, when the move happened. I think moving is definitely <clears throat> a little, uh, you know, a little easier when you're younger than it is when you're older. Oh, yeah. Uh, but like anything else, you know, you, you've got to establish and find your shoreline, uh, you know, get involved in a church, find a sense of community, get out there and meet people, be social. Um, you know, and I think I think what the move probably taught me in hindsight really is that, you know, if you if you act with integrity, character, you treat people the right way, you're going to have friends no matter where you live. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it. it uh it was difficult. I found that it's, you know, as your parents get a little older, sometimes it's difficult to be away from them as much. And, and, uh, but you know, you, you do the best you can with what you have to work with. And yeah. so, uh, Delta.com is a great resource for seeing your family. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you, uh, you just, uh, keep, you know, keep, keep, keep after it and, and just take full advantage of the opportunities that you do have to, uh, to invest in your family and friends. So sure. I know I know you really look up to, uh, and you've already alluded to it, you know, and I kind of just by following you and being able to kind of understand who you are as a person, and, you know, I feel like I'm kind of understanding how your family means, you know, what it means to you. How do you, you know, how do you look up to, you know, uh, your father and maybe your grandfather and what kind of, you know, really, because you kind of alluded to it just a, a little bit ago, kind of the role that your parents played in you achieving your dreams and where you are today? Um, you, my dad was just the hardest working man I've ever met. And, uh, my dad was, was a, um, was a leader and he, again, he let his work ethic and his character and his integrity prove who he was every day. Um, you know, he started out, actually my, my father started out, uh, sweeping the floors at a molding company and retired as the CEO. Seriously. So love his story. Um, you know, my dad was always, was always preaching the message that you, you won't cheat hard work. You're not going to get where you want to go unless you, unless you just, work as hard as you can and uh, you're, you're not going to cheat that. And mm-hmm. so, uh, my mother was more the, you know, she's always kept me grounded more, more, probably more grounded spiritually. Uh, she's, um, you know, she'll, she's always the one that will call and want to hear, you know, Hey, what's going on? What, you know, what, what are you up to these days? Like, and then she's like, well, have you said your prayers this morning? <laughs> so, yeah, she keeps me, I would say they just kept me very focused, very grounded. Um, and you know, if you if you if you work hard and, and you you take care of your mind, body, and spirit, that's going to carry you a long way. And so those, I I would say that you know they, um, those would be several examples. A, a big one would also be that, um, you know, I, I came from a very middle class family. You know, mm-hmm. middle class family. They we were not rich by any means, uh, rich in love, but not money. Uh, but we weren't struggling without anything either. And 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 so, my my parents were all about um, me having some skin in the game. You know, they weren't like, hey, here's flight training. They were like, you know what, we'll help you some, but we want to see you work for it too, right? Exactly. We want to we see what you're willing, you know, we want you to have a dog in the fight. We want you, we want to see you take personal responsibility for your future as well, right? So they were hugely encouraging of me getting a job. I, I got my first job in the eighth grade. Uh, <laughs> I actually got a worker's permit so I could get my first job. And I have, I've had a job ever since uh, I was in eighth grade uh, to help fund oh, wow. uh, aviation. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, like I, uh, like I've said uh, to other people that we've had this conversation with, it's I, I, I would fly, get a rating. You know, I'd have to slow down. I'd save up some more money, and then you know, at crucial times, mom and dad would step in, and, and I, I thank God for that every day. They they were so generous to help me when I really needed it to keep it going, and but they really I, I appreciate so much more later on in my career, uh, the fact that although they were hugely supportive, they also 
weren't willing to help me unless I was willing to put some skin in the game as well. Of course. And that was, uh, that was huge. That was a, a phenomenal life lesson. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, that's the same thing I'm going, I mean, I just finished my private earlier this, uh, this summer and everybody's like, yeah. Oh, you're going to work, you're going to work on your, your instrument. Now you go into the next level. I said, well, you know, when you're self, kind of self-funding a lot of this, it's you gotta you did it. Okay, you, you enjoy a little bit of it, but then you gotta slow down. Yeah. You gotta save up for the next one, and you just gotta keep you gotta Absolutely. keep going and going and going. It's I mean nothing, nothing yeah. was ever given to you. But with your parents, I mean, it sounds like they taught you so much that that you've really been able to translate over into this industry now. But in today's world, do you really think that some kids today take the take their parents for granted? Uh, I think that a lot of younger people today have a problem taking a lot of things for granted a lot more so than just their parents. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, it's one of those things where you can look at, you can look at, uh, think problems like that and, you know, it'll just, it'll keep you up at night. Right. You, Cause you want to, I, I love to help people. I'm very passionate about helping other people in yep. their journey. And, and, and so, you know, that's, that's why, it, um, you know, yeah, unfortunately I, I do think there's a lot taken for granted, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, I also think that that's a twofold problem that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, a lot of kids, young people don't have a good mentor yeah. and they don't have that at all. Right. So I think that's probably more common, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that they're not, they don't have that support network to keep them driven and focused. And, and, and the, the pathway to success isn't very clear because they don't have that influence. Yeah. So that's why, man, that's why I'm here today. That's why I do every podcast I possibly can. i, I love to engage the community and just you know i can't fix everybody's problems but man alive like i want to you know maybe maybe you are that you say that one right thing to that one or two kids it helps them out and and they get that message and and it turns their life around so uh it's very important that we take that attitude oh yeah i mean like literally uh, the people kind of ask me because i'll get to basically you get to ask me a question towards the end of the podcast but they always they always ask you know why do you do this like what's what's the purpose of it and I always say you know the right. purpose of this is you know if I could convince you know one kid either to achieve his dreams or achieve his dreams in aviation I said I could end the podcast today and it's already been like it's already been a success I mean just yesterday yeah. I had uh, a young helicopter pilot out of Australia uh, DM me or message me over Instagram and said you know I've came across came across your podcast. And I said, man, and I just thought to, I was like, man, Australia, really? I didn't start this that long ago and it's already made its way to Australia. Like I thought that was pretty cool, but I mean, yeah. that's kind of the power of podcasts. That's kind of the power of social media. Um, but when you're putting out good, positive stuff, trying to do positive things for people, it, it seems it's just like an amoeba. It kind of spreads. Um, but I mean, I don't take you as a really regretful person, but was there anything in your childhood or growing up that you kind of look back and you just wish you would have experienced more as you were growing up? You know, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I wish that, uh, I would say, you know, growing up, I wish that, you you know, sometimes you don't know these things until it's too late, but, uh, I wish that I would have probably prioritized time with my grandparents a little bit more. You Uh know, you're young, so busy, you're playing sports, you're running, you're going, you're traveling, you're, you know, you're, uh, and you just sometimes you, you don't you, you do take for granted, you know, that your grandparents live up the street, you yeah. know, and you you go a couple of weeks and don't see them. And that you see, you know, I, I look back on just uh, the joy that they always had when I just stop in, you know, and, and uh, yeah, you know, I think in hindsight, if I could go back and do it differently, I would have really I would have spent a lot more time with them. That, did. That's, that, so, did you did, and you lived in the same place with your grandparents? I did, yeah. For most of my childhood, they they lived about a mile away. <laughs> yeah, that that was a tough thing for me. I mean, that's that's actually both my 
my grandmother and my grandfather have both passed on my dad's side and they lived in California while I'm originally from Nebraska, which is crazy middle of America. Uh, no one knows where it is, but I mean, I didn't get to see them all that much. I mean, it was crazy. And then, you know, when I have to go to both of their funerals, that's like one of the one things I'm like, man, I just wish I could have, I wish I could have, uh, you know, spent more time with them. And it gets really sad when my dad looks at my wife and he goes, you know, I wish my mother got to meet you. Like, it's like those kind of things. I'm like, man, you know, yeah. so it's like time is like a big thing uh, for me. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool that, uh, that you, that you believe that as well. But growing up, you know, with that, what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned from your childhood that you kind of still hold close to yourself today? Um, a lot of it, uh, you know, is, is like we've kind of already talked about, uh, you know, be the, uh, even if it's I, one of the biggest ones and I carry this with me every single day is, is even if you're the guy with the bad news, just bring it forward at the beginning of the day and not the end of the day. Yeah. Share it. So, so everybody can move on good. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're the messenger, you know, it, it's, it's best to get the bad news out early. Um, so everybody has the whole day to kind of start working on problems and, you know, in a, in a dynamic, such a, uh, just a, a, um, a dynamic uh, operation like ours where things are changing a lot, destinations are changing. Uh, you know, we have, you know, it's, it's managed chaos out there uh, flying around the world. You know, oh, yeah. you're, you're subject to other countries' laws, political climates. I mean, there's so much that goes into it that uh, it's, there's a lot more than just flying the jet from A to B, that's for sure. And oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you, sometimes you've just done all you can do and, and, and you're, you're working, you've got every resource in the game trying to help you out. And, uh, you know, Sometimes, unfortunately, things just don't go according to plan. And I've just found in my career that uh, you bring the facts forward early, uh, good, bad, or ugly, and, and you, you get it on the table, you accept your situation, and you move forward. And that's a lot of times I see people struggle with that. They'll, they've got to make a, a call or, or something, and they just, instead of getting it out early, man, they, they carry it with them all day, all week, all month. Nope. It's, like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy because, like, like, the, the, tru- the, truth, the truth hurts, but everybody everybody moves on right like yeah the truth hurts but it's usually growing pains yeah that's what my dad used to tell me that a lot so no that that's that's really cool uh, did you did you happen to play any sports when you're younger i mean it sounds I like did. you were working I, so hard I, I, I would say i attempted a lot of sports <laughs> <laughs> i certainly do not claim to be an athlete I'm, i i think uh i'm glad i found what uh, I, had, I had a little bit i guess god-given ability to do which was fly planes but um you know, I, I, it certainly wasn't football or basketball or any of that stuff. So, yeah, but yeah I, I tried a lot. Of, I tried out for a lot of sports when I was younger. All right, so so, so now that we kind of know your where your God given talent uh, obviously is, it's here in the aviation biz, uh, and we kind of understand now uh, who AJ was as uh, a younger individual. Um, let's kind of get into now your the career and the progression that you've made really as a uh, a corporate pilot. Um, okay. And for me, important, you know, me personally, I would say you're pretty much a really important corporate pilot um out there uh today and i know everyone is uh going to be looking forward to to hearing this and kind of the background in the experiences and kind of the knowledge that you've been able to uh, to get through your experience um but it's cool because i think you you've found a deeper purpose uh into this and getting that purpose out in all these platforms um which i know you're going to get into so i'm super excited so let's get into kind of your life uh as a pilot um, instead of just as the person, but I know it has a really big, uh, you know, it has a really big to do, uh, with, with who you are, uh, today. So what was kind of the defining moment that you, you know, when you look back, you know, you were like, I'm going to be a pilot. 
So, I, you know, I, that's a that's a little bit of a tough question just because I've always wanted to be a pilot since I seriously can remember. So yeah. I, I don't know that there was – I'll tell you what, I, I, I've got a good example. So uh, I wrapped up my degree at Alabama. Uh-huh. Uh, I already had my private instrument, single engine commercial. And uh, there were some other opportunities on the table that had a little bit more clear path uh, professionally. Uh, you know, I considered go, getting an MBA or, or going into the workforce in the, in the business world in some, in, in some way. And I just remember being like, yeah, but at the end of the day, how am I going to feel, you know, every day in this job? Like, yeah. And I just, like, are you going to love it? Or are you? <laughs> yeah, right. And so I was like, it's never going to get any easier to make this decision, right? So the longer I wait, uh, if I if I kick this down the road a year, two years, whatever, it's never going to get any easier to go back and be a pilot, right? Because you're going to have that training, you're going to have that expense, you're going to have the the years of flying for no money. I mean, it's just part of the journey, right? And so I was like, if if I'm going to do it, now's the time. Yeah. And you know. Uh, that would be the defining moment. I graduated in August of 2012 and it was like, Nope, you're doing it. We're going to go be a pilot. This is what we're doing. We're, we're jumping off full force into the deep end. And although it's a little less clearly defined path in terms of employment right now, and you know, you're going to be uh, living on ramen for a little while. Uh, I just, you know, you have to pull on your self-confidence and be like, no, I will make this work. Yeah. You know, I have the conviction, I have the passion, I have the love for it. Uh, I have the desire to do it every day. And, you know, you just kind of accept. It's like when you read any book about like Navy SEALs and stuff like that. You know, the people that are truly successful are the ones that like seriously take it personal. Like it's either success or death. Yeah. Like we're gonna make this happen, and every single yeah. day we're gonna do five things that that put me ahead of where I was yesterday. Yep. And when you, you know, you charge off with that level of deep commitment, man, you're set. Oh yeah. I, I would, you know, I would. Uh, that those are the people I look for, man. I love to talk to people like that. I mean, it's I like don't you. Care about, how much money they have now or where they live now because that doesn't matter. I'm not focused on now. I'm focused on where they're going. Yep. I love people that have that, I mean, deep conviction about what they're going to do with their lives. And those are the people that change the world. I mean, it's you really have to, and people don't understand, but you have to you have to eat the dirt. And for us pilots, it's kind of you have to eat the dirt before you get to fly in the clouds. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, there's it's, a, there's it's a pretty- lot of barns. Yeah, there's a lot of barnstorming that goes on early, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So kind of, you know, everybody that I talk to, um, you know, through through this uh, through this kind of pillar show here on the podcast, I always ask kind of what was flight training like for them? So what was flight training like, you know, for you? You kind of alluded to it. You know, you took it piece by piece. But how was it as an experience wise? It was great. It was a, it was a uh, you know, I learned a lot about myself, my study habits. I probably learned more in flight training uh, than I did in college. Honestly, about, I agree with about that. Me personally, <laughs> and, and my my aptitude and my strengths and weaknesses, my study habits, um, you know, uh, that would be, uh, absolutely, you know, that'd be what I would say to that. And, and overall it was, it was uh, a lot of peaks and valleys. You know, I think a lot of people would probably say that. I mean, very few people show up to flight training and just do a great job at everything. You know, yeah. I was, I, have, uh, I do have a gold seal CFI certificate. I've signed off 15 students for all sorts of different check rides. And I'm just here to say, you know, Nobody comes in the door knowing everything, you know, oh, yeah. everything. a lot of peaks and valleys, you know, um, and then it's uh, sometimes the grind of like, man, I'm just, you know, it's going to be another three months before I can make any money. And like, yeah, it's a, uh, but you just, again, it's like I alluded to earlier, you've got to just, you've got to, you've got to take that belief in yourself, right? And, and, and you're, and you've got to put it in the tank and, and draw on it a little bit each day just to keep, you know, <clears throat> get up and be, get up and just get through the door and do it again, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, um, <laughs> just stay persistent, stay after it. And, uh, 
Yeah, and it also showed me that uh, people are watching you. And, and what I mean by that is people with money that can make most young people's problems go away, they're looking for people with that commitment. They are looking for people with the right attitude, right? They're, you'll be shocked if you, if you just keep going where the, where the investment starts to come. And that, um, that was my big break, right? So, and this happened during, again, this is a lesson I learned in flight training. There's a lot of people are paying attention that you don't, that you might not think about. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had, a, I had, a, I had one of the greatest bosses of this day, um, and mentors still to this day. I talk to him at least once a week. His name is Steve Pickett with Birmingham Flight Center. This guy, you know, he let me grind it out and grind it out at, at his flight school. And then one day he came to me he's like, hey, here's what we're going to do, man. If you'll agree to work for me for, <clears throat> you know, you, you agree not to leave for at least a year, I'll, I'll go ahead and get you your CFI. And uh, you, you agree to stay another year, I'll get you your, your, uh, your double I and your MEI. I need the labor, you need the ratings. Um, and all I'm asking for is loyalty in return for my investment. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up, I, I hung with them for, I think I was there, man, uh, couple of years, you know, and, uh, it's funny, like the, you know, people are, people like that want to help young people, but they want to help people that are going to work hard, Yep. you know, and, and they, every day is an interview, you know, it really is every day. I, flight training taught me that every day is an interview, treat it like it. Every day is an opportunity to, to network every day is an opportunity to learn. Um, you know, and the funny thing about that is that those skills, if you can take those skills and lessons, you can be successful in almost any career, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, if you sit down and talk to nurses, doctors, lawyers, uh, they're facing a lot of those same issues that we are. It's just a different industry. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like going through training and I mean, I'm fresh right out of it. And then I translate it into real life. I mean, I always kind of preach one of the things that flight training taught me was patience. Absolutely. I, mean, patience. I, I literally, I walked into training, think it was going <laughs> to take me maybe three, four months to do it. I was like, Oh, Texas weather. Great. You know, it's going to get me out of here quick. Right. No, it was seven and a half months. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it was just like patience, patience, and weather, of course, Mother Nature, she likes to play her games. Uh, Every day. But, I mean, that, that's – I love how you brought out the important lessons before I even had to uh, – I even had to ask it. But did you always think that you wanted to be a corporate pilot or did you also kind of – did you also think about, you know, the airline space as well? Yeah. Listen, you know, I feel like sometimes that's a relationship that gets like – a little bit more um, drama than it needs. Listen, I have tremendous respect for commercial airline pilots oh, yeah. and what they do and, and their commitment to safety and standards and, and all that. And um, I would just say that uh, it, corporate caught me so young that it just never made sense for me, right? I mean, when I came out of college, it's amazing when you look at, you know, the regional airline path now, even as opposed to when I came out of college, right? So when I got out in 2012, they still were, you know, those wages were not what they are today. And yeah. You know, I, I just I had a, a great company. I had a decent quality of life. I had a you know that, that again that path started to make more sense to me. So it made sense for me to stay with that company. There was a lot of loyalty there, and frankly, I was making decent money. You know, as a, even as a flight instructor. And so um, then, uh, you know, this call came right, mm -hmm. and so <clears throat> I just I guess corporate got its teeth in me just so early that I just I haven't really you know in hindsight looked back at the airlines at all. Um, I'm not you know. In the future, you know, God forbid something were to change in my life that uh, that made more sense. Would I maybe go back and take a look at an airline path later in life? Yeah, sure. Why not? You yeah. know, I'm open to everything. Um, I'm open to a lot of a lot of different things. So, uh, you know, I guess as I've developed, I, I truly enjoy the, the personal aspect of corporate. So it'd be, it'd be really tough to leave that. I, I really enjoy, uh, especially leading a team and being a part of a team uh, that, you know, 
a very important person calls and, and he calls me because he has a, he's got a problem and he needs me to fix it. And that's yeah. distance. That's that's manufactured time. And you know, there's it's very fulfilling to to work with uh, a, a couple of just phenomenal people uh, that I have around me here, um, and 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 get that call right. Hey, here, we got to do this, and we're, our response is we're on it. You know, and and we come together. Everybody knows their job. Everybody's great attitude, and we work together and we win together. And that. So I, 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 right now I'm just kind of in that groove, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just haven't really. Not to say that the airlines wouldn't be that way too. It's just this is, you know, this is this is my theme. You know, this is my path right now, and I and I, I couldn't be happier. So, so I know the burning question that everybody's, you know, everybody's kind of wanting to know. But what is it like being the, you know, the head and you know a pilot for somebody at, to the stature that Floyd Mayweather has? You know, so in terms of flying the airplane, it's mm-hmm. all the same, right? Yeah. I mean, we, you know. Um, the thing about the thing I'm going to say about this is with Floyd is that Floyd is the hardest working person I have ever been around in my life. I mean, this man works all the time and he, he has a, he does. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I can't elaborate on anything, you know, in terms of his business in or out of the ring or any of that. So, um, but every day, as busy as I've seen him be, he has never shown up to the airplane and did not tell uh, me uh, or the other pilot how much he appreciates us and how vital we are to him being able to do the things he needs to. Yeah. And so that's he has set the bar very high for me in terms of owners. Mm-hmm. Um, he treats us very well. Um, we we are expected to be able to dispatch that jet on an ASAP basis uh, anywhere in the world, almost at any time. And uh, we have a model that works that uh, that we're able to do so. And I, being his pilot is a, is a huge honor. It's a it's a it's a level of trust between us that we do take very seriously. Um, but again, you know, it's it's one of those jobs where yeah, we work hard. But uh, you know, I think I think a lot of people want to work hard as long as they feel valued and respected, right? Yeah, yeah. And so Floyd has. I have never gone to work a single day in my job where Floyd did not make me feel respected, appreciated, valued. Um, and you know, once in a while he, he, he does a great generous thing and he'll say, Hey, let's all go to the Lakers game and be a family. Let's, you know, let's go ride four wheelers in the desert in Dubai. Yeah. Once in a while those perks happen and that's, but I, you know what, if we, if we weren't fulfilling our responsibilities, I don't think those perks would be there. Yeah. And so it's a, you know, it's a work together, win together, play together, um, kind of relationship. And, and it's, uh, it's great. I, I absolutely love it. And it, it, uh, he treats us. He, he again. He expects a lot, but he treats us uh, like like family, and that's very special to us. And we do take that that level of trust very again very seriously. And because he works so hard, and I'm sure, I mean, he, you guys not only does he expect that of you, but you guys expect that of yourself. Do you, as a pilot, and this is kind of for the people that kind of understand aviation, but do you sometimes have to be that bearer of bad news for him and be like, you know, we got we got issues here, like we gotta we can't depart here and this and may, like what is what's that process of you know fighting fires because we you know as pilots i mean that just happens right safety is number yeah, one sure. um and yeah. i'm sure he wants to be as safe as possible and sometimes do you have to you know have that, those tough conversations before uh before a flight yeah i mean look there are so again if you look at our footprint our footprint in the last 36 months has been over 50 countries yeah and so you you think about uh all this uh, everything again everything comes into play man political issues instability around the world 
so many things come into play, and, and absolutely there have been times where I've looked at a situation, whether it be with weather, safety, there's something there that I've, we've got to, you know, that we've got to, uh, we've got to deal with, right? We've got to meet this problem head on. And what it is all about, and I would, I would say this to any pilots, because I have seen, this was a learning curve for me. Uh, I've seen other people go through it, and I, I see other pilots dealing with it. It's not that you're, what usually gets the negative reaction to the pilot is not that you are having to say no. It's that they let the problem stop there. Okay, so listen, here's, here are the facts. We are dealing with XYZ problem, okay? And th- however, we understand this problem and this is what we're going to do about it. So here are our options based on what we're being presented that we can do. Champ, what works best for you? That's thinking through the problem. Mm-hmm. And a lot, you know, it's all about you know, don't ever disconnect, right? Don't ever let your owner, uh, it doesn't matter if it's Floyd or anybody else. It's all about just, you know, think through the problem, man, get all the facts, stay unemotional about it, get the facts, figure out what you are working with. And there's always a way, you know, to, 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 to mitigate things and they're come up with a different plan, you know, try to make as much sense of it. So the owner sees you, uh, working, like you care that like it matters to you, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, well, no, can't do it today. Sorry. Or, or whatever. No, you know, here's what, here's what we're dealing with. Here are the problems. And you know, this is the best possible plan I can put forward, uh, based on, uh, our resources and the level of safety that we uphold that you expect from us. This is the best we can do. And it's out of our control, but, uh, it's just about with him, you know, with any owner, it's just stop, don't let the, don't stop with the problem, right? Think through the problem, present options, um, know your information, right? Know, uh, know that you have quality information, you know, know all of it, get the facts. And just, again, you know, it's, it's, uh, let the owner see you working hard for him, you know, mm-hmm. like, like it matters to you. Like this mission is your personal responsibility, you know? Um, and I'm not saying abandoned rest. I'm not saying, I'm not saying be reckless. I'm saying the opposite, right? I'm saying like, you know, look at, consider all those things, you know, how rested are we, you know, how, how, what's our fatigue level? What is the, what are that, what are the hazards, the risks associated with what we're being asked to do? What countries am I being asked to overfly? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that, you know, I ran overflight is not a big deal provided nothing goes wrong. Uh-huh. And it might shave off a couple of hours of your, of your routing. If you're going from Moscow to Dubai to go around or what, you know, or go right over Iran, but you know, you got to look at this stuff and make decisions. And, and so, uh, that would be a, just a, something that I've, I've come I've come to terms with and gotten better at, and um, you know I would, I would try my best to pass along to any other pilot. Yeah, be the bearer of bad news, be the bearer of bad news early, get the facts, come up with other plans, present other options, and know that you know if you've done if you have truly done all you can do, you probably won't feel bad because you know there's no one else that could have done it either. Yeah. I mean, now there there might be somebody that could have done it if he was willing to fly and be up for 20 hours at a shot. But that's not that's not integrity. That's not that's that's uh, that's negligence. Mm-hmm. That's not you know, that's not acceptable. That's not what that's not what's expected of us. And we don't put him in that position. So, um, you know, it's one of the things, again, you know, just like like not to not to not to be redundant, but just, uh, you know, have a plan. Yep. Keep coming up with new plans, like present those options and and, and let your owner see how hard you're working to make it happen. So do you th- do you think there's, you know, with who your boss is and who you you guys are put in charge of every single time you take the skies. I mean, is there a sense of 
this is really a two part question, really. Is there a sense kind of of added pressure, you know, when he's on board, uh, you know, his life is in your hands, especially with all these places of political instability or countries you're flying over or going into, um, you know, is there that added pressure? But then on the flip side, does his really his love, his appreciation and the personality that he brings forth to you guys, does that maybe lower that pressure and make your job, you know, make your guys' jobs a lot easier? You know, I, I, I would, I would, so, so part one of the question would be this, I think, uh, you know, there are definitely moments where we're like, wow, that's Floyd Money Mayweather. That's, you know, he, that's, uh, we, we respect who he is. We respect what he's accomplished. Yep. Um, you know, but I think we find, we find that peace and, and knowing what, again, just kind of what our job is and we know what's expected of us. So we kind of just go into, uh, we just kind of go into kind of work mode. You know, we just, we do our job. We know what he likes. We, and provided we do our job, there shouldn't be any, you know, any surprises or, or anything. So, uh, no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think uh, to answer part one, yeah, just not really. I mean, I think, you know, if, if he gets there, say so do we. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, you can't really get caught up in that. You got to you got to get past that pretty quick. Um, you know, we've I think I think pilots that kind of get in trouble, you know, maybe are the ones that still ask for like autographs and stuff like that to celebrities. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Man, you've got, you've got to get past that fast. Uh-huh. Um, they're human beings just like you are, and, and uh, they're counting on you, right? They're yep. counting on you to be clear-headed and, and, and be focused on what you're doing, not not who they are or you know what the latest TMZ article is. Yep. So, um, so that's how I would conclude question one. Now, question two, um, just kind of reiterate, it was D- do, does his uh, does his kind of because you kind of alluded to it uh, earlier, you know, his love, his appreciation, and you, you made it a fact to say that. You know, every time that he kind of steps foot on the plane, you know, he he makes sure he's giving you guys, you know, that love and appreciation. Does that make the job easier? So maybe you don't have that added pressure. You know, I'm, I could say that that's that's uh, that could go both ways. Um, sometimes it could be more pressure because you want to get the job done. Right? We yep. want to get it where it needs to be. We, 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 we want him. You know, we always want to get the job done for him. Um, we never want to say no if we don't have to. You know, if we do have to say no, we. we you know, we don't, we don't enjoy that at all. So, uh, I would say it could go the other way. Um, you know, sometimes if you're not careful and you don't manage it, uh, I wouldn't say, I think, uh, to go, does it relieve any pressure? I would, I would counsel myself and our team to try not to ever think that way. Cause that's a gateway for complacency. Uh, no, <laughs> So I, I would always, I would always say, you know, we come to work with that, that, that respect every time we fly, every day. Uh, don't if you're if you're feeling like the pressure's off when you're at work about what we deliver. No, <laughs> yeah. we need to we need to stay. You know, we got we got to stay on top of everything. So I would say that if if we were feeling that way, we'd try to combat it just because I complacency kills. Mm-hmm. So I kind of you know it. Every, I guess it's it's really understandable that, I mean, you guys have a really, really important job. I mean, you guys absolutely love and adore what you do, and you guys love who you work for. And I think that's – I can say, if you know, if that's the case, I mean, it, it obviously does make the job a little easier, though it's pretty important, uh, you know, and you have to take care of him. Um, yeah. But I think what's really cool about you guys is kind of this brand that you're a part of. Um, you know, you're wearing it on your shirt right there, the, uh, the money team and the TMT brand. And one of the things that I've really followed him, 
as and followed you guys. I mean, the brand and everybody, I mean, you guys are some of the best brand arbitrators that I think I've ever seen out there in the sports world today. And I can only imagine the type of lessons that you've been able to personally learn from being inside the, you know, in, inside, because I, I think what's really cool about corporate aviation, especially if you work for an owner is you get to learn a lot about them and what they do. Um, and so everybody kind of knows that Floyd comes from super, super humble beginnings, even though, you know, especially the young kids today, they kind of just see him as who he is and they don't probably understand where he came from. So they don't get the full picture. Um, and he's built everything from the ground up. So being on the inside of the brand and the business, what types of lessons have you learned so far, uh, when you're traveling with him or just dealing with people inside the business? Um, everybody works hard. There is there dead weight on this team does not exist. Everybody has a job. Everybody does their job. And the reason you buy in so fast is just because, uh, it's a, it's a big family feel, but it's family feel with a lot of responsibilities. Uh, everybody has their share and, and, um, you know, Floyd is all about, like he says all the time, hard work, dedication, you know, mm-hmm. hard work, dedication. And so, um, it's the, it's the, uh, the values that, uh, we're around every day are, are, are exactly that. Right. So they, um, you know, it, again, hard work, dedication. Uh, another one that he has that I, I love is, is, a true champion can adapt to anything. So at the Mayweather Boxing Gym, they have this. The back wall says, "Yep." It's got a photo of Floyd that says, uh, "A true champion can adapt to anything." And so, you know, it's something like again, when it goes to like problem solving and some of the the daily issues, professional or not, you know, it, it's it's caused me to take more of a, a tactical approach to thinking. You know, like how can I adapt to this problem? Like how can I adapt to this situation and be more be either more influential, more effective. Um, so and he, he's just to be around him on a personal level. He's a savvy businessman. He's a he's a brilliant thinker, um, and just an all around great person. I see the way that uh, he he treats not just us. He treats us great, but he treats other people wonderfully as well. And, yep. and so you know, it's it's that you know. I know some unfortunately sometimes you get owners and stuff that do treat their pilots like they're just the help. You know, yep. and, and I'm sitting there like, man, Floyd Mayweather doesn't even treat people like that. You know, and I promise you, like there are very few people in this world that have. You know the amount of stuff going on that he does. He has businesses all over the world. I'm sure. You know, again, I, I don't can't really speak to any of that. But uh, you know, I just see you know how hard he works, and he still finds time to treat everybody with respect. Yep. Everybody is treated like a family member, and it's like, you know, like I said earlier, it just kind of sets the bar, and it makes me think a lot. Like, you know, when I'm dealing with vendors or people or whatever, it's you know, treat everybody with that respect. You know, your boss does. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's interesting because I really, you know, I had a question generated uh, kind of about this because even as I look inside uh, from an outside perspective, you know, I still look at him as one of the greatest athletes to ever set foot on this planet. Now it's, he's one of the best business people. Um, And, but I know that comes with a lot of hate from around the world, not just here in the U.S., but anywhere, you know, so working with the team and being able to see the inside, you know, what have you learned about dealing with those, you know, quote unquote haters around the world, because I mean, there's a lot of them, right. And they, they're, they're naysayers. They say, nah, why are you doing that? That's stupid. Or just anything. I mean, you name it. Um, you know, what are those? Cause I mean, I'm sure the lessons are just, they're out there, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, like I said, I, I can't speak to how, you know, I'm not speaking on behalf of Floyd personally by any means or, or any of that. I just, from us, I mean, be kind of surprised. Like, you know, we even, as I guess like the pilot group, if, if we deal with that, we just kind of go right back to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, you're, it doesn't matter. This is like another um, thing. Let's do it. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you know what? I, I, 
somewhere along the lines, it takes, you know, I would tell anybody that has that level of emotion uh, in their in their heart, you know, it takes probably the reason you're not where you want to be is because so much of your mental energy is taken up by hate yep. and negativity that you're not going to be successful at anything until you learn to come to terms with that because, you know, it takes so much energy to, to be disgruntled and hate things. And it's a cancerous attitude that is going to prohibit you from having friends. Your girlfriend's going to dump you. Your wife's going to leave you. You are probably going to lose your job because it, it just – nobody wants to be around that. And you know what? Your worst day, uh, it, it could be somebody else's best day. I mean yeah. I, I travel around the world. I see, I see how a lot of – unfortunately how a lot of other people live in the world. And your worst day here on American soil is better than a lot of their best days. And there's a lot to be happy and thankful for. And, you know, take that energy. If I, if my message to anybody that's got a negative hate, any sort of hatred would just be, man, check that. You know, like figure out what happened that caused that. Come to terms with it. Uh, come to peace with it and, and, and take all that energy that you just freed up and figure out what your dream is and go after that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's all about, it's all about you know, it's if you're having a bad day, somebody else is having a worse day. Like there's right. just, there's, I don't know, you know, as you know, people here in North America and, you know, in, I would say first world countries, I mean, we're kind of spoiled with the lives that we live because there's people out there that are just way, they have lives way worse than you, uh, than you can ever imagine. But this platform that you have being in the position that you do, you know, what I find so intriguing um, and what I found so intriguing about you before we even started talking was I knew right away that you were trying to use the platform that you have and the experience that you have to help young folks and maybe some experienced folks get them out there to achieve their dreams because you want people to do exactly what you did, you know, take the bull by the horns and go with it. Um, so kind of, you know, what is your goals? Like how, how do you plan on continuing this using the platform that you have and really what do you want people to take away from it? You know, I, I want, uh, you know, it's kind of like you said earlier uh, when we were we were kind of kicking off. I, I think if um, I'm very fulfilled by my job now, um, professionally, uh, I I absolutely uh, I, I'm not trying to leverage any of this following or any of this message for money or fame. Or, it's none of that. It's, yeah. I, I truly like to help people, and I, I've seen. You know, I, I've been the guy that needed mentorship, and I and I. I look back on that. That wasn't that long ago. Uh, young people are very uh, moldable, and mm-hmm. I, I was very blessed to have some great people come into my life at very crucial times that kept me on the right path and focused. And I just I know those people are out there that need to hear a positive message for a change. You know, um, pilots aggravate me a lot sometimes because you know just get on Facebook and look at some of these pilot groups, right? Get on. Uh, some of these websites, all they do is just chew each other up. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, I, I'm on here in North mind. Texas, I see it. I'm like, I had to, I had to blow up, I had to blow up on somebody else because they were being so negative. I said it was about a situation. It was an older gentleman. He was like 45 yeah. or no, he was 50, maybe 50s, and he's like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. And some guy said you're getting too old by the time you make it to the airlines you're going to be at the cutoff age so why are you even thinking about doing this and i had to go off on him i said dude why are you ruining somebody's dreams yeah. because of his age i go aviation's for everybody he can do whatever the heck he wants to do yeah, that's somebody with a very singular focus what if that kid you know what what if he does that and then he stops by a gas station and buys the powerball ticket yeah all of a sudden, money's not a problem anymore. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like who is who? Who are you to tell somebody else, right? Like, 
you know, and, and the amount of energy it took to even type a negative message, man, you could have said, best of luck to you, man. Hope, hope it's all like, you know, hope it's all, uh, it's all good for you. If I can help you, let me know. Yeah. You know, how, that took, you know, to that, to whoever that guy was, man, you don't know what his goals are. He could have a million dollars in the bank. And the last thing he's worried about, this guy might be just trying to find happiness. Yeah. He might try to find purpose. You know, he might, his focus might not be, you know, well, if I don't, get my, you know, my 14 to 15 year pay scale, my whole life's going to come to an end. No. So, uh, so sit there and be miserable the rest of your life. There you go. There's a sustainable strategy. No, you know, we're, we're, I guess my point and the take, the takeaway from this is, man, I just, I'm not here to tell other people how to live their life, but I, I, I'm willing to open up mine and use it as an example. Yeah. And, uh, I'm far from perfect. Uh, <laughs> you know, we all have things we're working on every day, but I, I want to be that guy in the industry that's just trying to bring people up and mm-hmm. and try to give them some carrots to take with them and just, hey, here's a few things that work for me. Uh, don't give up on your dreams, even if it's – I don't care if it's being a pilot or not. I, my message really isn't unique to aviation. It's unique – I feel like it's pretty unique to life in general. Yep. Like if you believe in something, uh, you, better, you better start with yourself. If you want something to believe in, start believing in yourself, and then a lot of things will come into place right there. Um, you know – can't you get are, an amen. <laughs> yeah, like you are—you are somebody in this world. Um, you can't overcome adversity. Uh, you know, man, go after it. Find a way. And you know, a lot of you know, a lot of people talk about. Well, it's just so aviation specific. It's just so cost prohibitive. It is. But uh, hey, MBAA has got fifty thousand dollars of scholarship money that's going to be. Uh, people are applying for it now between the end of the month. Get cracking. Yep. Hit me up your credentials, and, and I'll write you a letter of rec. How about that? Yeah. So, you know, and that was kind of the one thing when we were talking, setting up the podcast, uh, you know, you had kind of said your mission and that was, it was almost matching my same mission to, you know, helping the younger generation. So how can we as young pilots, because I always say, you know, I don't think it's the older generation of people in aviation that are going to help bring more younger people in to help continue this, this, I mean, industry that we love so much to continue it growing. So how can we as the younger generation of aviators work together to, help you know bring in or just help younger folks achieving their aviation goals show them how awesome it is yeah (laughs) like i mean you know um especially you know on the business aviation side there's so many things that are unique to our side of the fence they i mean you know no two days at work is the same for us i mean we're you know and there are jobs there are a lot of jobs like that in corporate and and uh you know I guess I would say, you know, the airline argument would be that, yeah, but it's so much more secure. You're going to have, you know, a lot more protections. I can't disagree with that in some capacities, but then I would say, man, everybody forgot what it was like the last time fuel prices shot up. Yeah. There's nothing stable in this world nope. and there are no guarantees. And so be careful making that your only reason, you know, uh, money. Uh, because there are a lot of things that can affect that, unfortunately, and so there are no, it, it, there are no, there are no guarantees in this world. So uh, I think uh, you know, you, you just you let people, uh, you let people see your passion, your drive, your uh, the neat things that you get to do. Uh, the dynamic world that we live in is so unrelatable to people that don't know anything about it. Right? They're like, "What do you mean? Wait, you're based in Vegas, but you live <laughs> in this other city, and you commute back and forth." I'm so confused. Like. I can't even like, you know, I don't even like to drive more than 25 miles. Okay. So, you know, yeah. Uh, I I just, I think uh, a lot of it's the network. Uh, I know MBAA has got the young professionals council going right now. And 
I think they're trying to tackle that that problem of networking and, uh-huh. and all that. Um, you know, I, I, that's a lot. Of it. I think doing you know the grassroots stuff like what you and I are doing right now. Yep. Uh, you know, this is something that this is a seed that you're planting that could be accessible for years to come. Oh yeah. You know, these podcasts being out there to be heard, and, and you never know who might come across it and and uh, cash in on it later in life. You know, so uh, I think a lot of it is what you and I are doing right now, just out planting the seeds. Yep. You know, and uh, hopefully they grow. <laughs> I mean, it's just I don't know. I just look at it. You know, it's putting in the work, and you know, I always. You know, I heard it from somebody. I couldn't remember who it was from, but they always said, you know, and they preach it every single day. It's like, you know, if you're chasing the money, it's the quickest way to never make the money. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you just get, you have to live out your passion. You have to live out your dream. And if you're really, really good at it, eventually the market will give you what you want. But you just have to live. You, you just got to live through purpose and passion. You can't you can't be looking yeah. for all the fancy stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. I guess it just goes back to like, I have this like core belief, man, that life is just a beautiful thing that we're given and it is very fleeting and it's, it doesn't last as long as we want it to. And man, just enjoy it. We were not meant to suffer, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I don't even, I'm not even talking about planes at this point, aviation. I'm talking about like, I mean, that's, that's part of it because that's my career and what I love, but like, man, life is way too short to be miserable and not have a job that fulfills you. And, and, and if you don't have that, man, get out there and find it, you know, it, it just, um, we're meant to enjoy our lives. What a great blessing it is, you know, uh, to, to be able to make friends and, and, and benefit the world and make the world a better place and, and, uh, and be fulfilled, man, go after, it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so kind of the, the last question that I want to ask you before we get into kind of what I do on every, uh, as you have geek show and I, it's my lightning round questions, which are going to be a little more fun, a little more funny. Um, okay. but if you could, you know, if you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, you know, throughout the lessons that you've learned through, you know, being under the, uh, being under Floyd, being with the TMT team, what would you tell, you know, the younger self? You know, I, it's funny you asked me that because I, I, I was kind of pondering, you know, some of this a little, little, a little uh, while ago, I would have taken my physical health a lot more seriously. And you know, I, I realize that's not a super exciting answer, but I, I, I really am a lot more in tune with like my body now and my mm-hmm. diet and, you know, uh, the, my, you know, managing my stress levels and things to take care of my body because, you know, health is wealth. Um, that is exactly what I would do. I would tell myself 10 years ago, get serious about being in the gym three to five times a week. Get serious about what you're eating and drinking, like take care of your body, Yeah. you know, cause when your health goes, that's it. And yeah a lot of your ability to be effective comes from how you feel. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, while I have that now, I, I would say, man, I, you know, I, I would just, you know, invest a lot more in my physical health. Than I did 10 years ago, you know, you're, you're, all you're doing is chasing, trying to swim and, and, you know, you're not, t- you're not getting adequate rest. You're not staying hydrated. You're not giving the body the fuel it needs to, to, to stay healthy. And so that would be my message to about, uh, to myself. And I'm sure a lot of other people would probably feel the same way. You know, you got to take care of your body. Yeah, I mean, I that it's funny because when I look back to college and the stupid things that I did, I mean, I'm like, yeah. man, like, man, if I just would have known what I know now, like, take care of yourself. Like, now yeah. you're just working so much harder to take care of yourself because you didn't before. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, no, that's, I mean, that's, it's super, super uh, interesting that you say that. And I mean, I would tell myself that, uh, I think, for the rest of my life, uh, not even looking back 10 years ago. But, okay, so we know you know, we know your younger self, we know, you know, why you got 
why you got into aviation and kind of the amazing experiences and the lessons that you've learned and how you're trying to take this uh, and use it for good, um, which is, I mean, that's exactly the whole purpose of the show, like we were talking about. But I want to get into the fun questions now, and this is kind of my right. lightning round questions that I do every single time. All right. Um, so, you know, it's going to get funny and entertaining, but the rule is you have to, you, whatever's first that comes to your, the first thing that comes to your mind, you have to, you have to say that. It can't be, you can't think and ponder it. You got to just, boom, it's out of there. Um, so let's get to question number one of the lightning round questions. So everyone in aviation has their own quirks on a scale of one to 10. How weird do you consider yourself? Uh, one being completely normal, 10 being like out there, like, uh, like hate Ashbury, San Francisco weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I love that place. Uh, uh, I would say I'm probably, you know, a six. I'm, six? I can be kind of quirky, yeah. I, I was like, I, I usually consider myself a seven usually because like outside six, the, seven, yeah, yeah. <laughs> outside the podcast. When you say anything on the other side of five, you're just arrogant. Yeah. Just like, so I feel like I'm trying to play the averages on the backside. Every, everybody's got their own quirks, right? Like just, <laughs> right, just live right. it. Put it out there, right? So, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I know you guys have a big team. Who's the better pilot? You, Dan, or Gentry? Oh, man. It depends. Uh, it depends on the situation. Yeah. Honestly, I, I can tell you scenarios where each of the three of us could lead and and do a great job. Uh, you know, I'll give it. I'll give it to. Uh, I'll give it to uh, Dan. You know, he, he's 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 kind of my lieutenant. He uh-huh. he, he, uh, he does a phenomenal job, man. He excellent guy, great character. I could put him into any situation, and he's going to figure out how to make it happen for me. And that that's um, he is he is uh, he's he's kind of the. He, I would give him that trophy. I mean, it's just crazy. Like following all you guys, you guys are literally the dream team of aviation. Like you guys can tackle anything. I mean, it's incredible. All right. So question number three, what's your favorite food? Crab legs, Alaska King crab legs. Man, that's, that's a killer. You know, that is, that is not something I've heard, but as soon as you say Alaskan, I'm like, Oh, I taste it. It's lunchtime. (laughs) Let's eat. Alaskan King crab, man. (laughs) Question number four, what sound or noise do you love? Like absolutely blows your mind every time you hear it. A jet engine starting up. <laughs> I tell you, it's crazy because, you know, as a as a pilot, you know, it's not just the, the jet engine on a plane, but also the turbine engine on a helicopter, too. Like, when those oh, things yeah. start up, I mean, ah, it's yeah. like music to your ears. It's so, funny. Yeah, you, you like, you can even hear it. You know, you, you get a trained ear to it. You can hear when, like, the ignition happens. It's like, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Power. <laughs> All right, so question number five. What's the most important thing you carry with you on every flight? Love for my family. That is – I was not expecting that that answer. Love but that, I mean, that's pretty um, – I like that a lot. I respect that answer. It's, it's crazy because I think my – I, I want to say my wife asked me something the other day when we were flying together. And I actually told one of my own mentors, I actually said, you know, I, I don't like flying alone, like – because, you know, if I'm up there in the air, you know, something could erratically happen. And if I'm up there alone, like, that's it, right? But yep. um, but I like that. No, I really do. I mean, that's, man, you get me with that one. True. Um, so question number six, what profession other than your own, if you had the opportunity to attempt, would you attempt? ER doctor. Really? Yeah. I'd be an ER doctor. Huh. Did you kind of always have, you know, if it wasn't, you know, if you couldn't be a pilot, would medicine be your 
Yeah, I, I, I'm very interested. Yeah, I find it I find it fascinating that uh, you know I, I, um, I, I find especially you know being an ER doctor or general surgeon in a in a hospital in like a a big city like Atlanta or LA or whatever the thing like the amount of knowledge that you have to have in that brain is just remarkable mm-hmm. to be able to respond to car accidents gunshot I mean just constant chaos of just getting thrown into these crazy situations and having to solve the problems i think being an er doctor would be fascinating work that's and pretty stressful work too (laughs) i'm sure um so question number seven interesting you know what do you consider yourself not to be very good at oh man uh (laughs) sometimes listening (laughs) I think we all I think we all can attest to that. <laughs> You'd be lying if you said no. I suck at listening sometimes. It's a never ending struggle. It's all right. I, I yeah. trust me, my wife would tell uh would tell you that uh, I have that same struggle, so I'm right there in that boat with you. Yeah. Um question number eight, what is your ultimate dream in life? Just to be happy, man. Yep. Be happy. I don't have a I don't have any amount of money that uh I'm trying to make, I just, I just want to be happy and have balance. Mm-hmm. You know, you look around at how many, you know, super successful people you find, right. And they've got, they look like they've got a money, cars, houses, women, all this sort of stuff. Like, and you're like, Oh man, like, you know, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. Right. You know, or, you know, they, there's all this, there's all this flash success everywhere that just, it's nothing but a giant distraction. Yep. You know, the people that, that build and focus on the right growth, the right way, <clears throat> pursuing balance uh, and things. They're the ones where they attain success and they also sustain success. Mm-hmm. Lots of people. It's like Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah. Like look at this guy's journey, right? I mean, it was like flash, 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 crash, right? Look around, man. They're, that's everywhere in this world right now. And you know, and that's the problem is it becomes kind of self-perpetuating and that like you focus on, I want to be like that guy. Right. And yeah. then that guy doesn't have any morals. <laughs> like That guy doesn't have any. So yeah, he's got all his money, but like he's miserable, right? He's uh-huh. drinking, yeah. He's got bad habits. He's got, you know, he's going to crash, man. And if you're trying to live like that, so are you go for balance, go for growth, go for sustainability, you know, go, I'm not saying don't take risks and things like that. I'm just saying, you know, strive for peace and balance and you're and you'll do great in this world i really believe that so question number nine is what is your biggest pet peeve in aviation people that are always quitting man if i don't get this i'm gonna quit i don't want to quit you know if i don't get you know i'm gonna quit people that are just always quitting man if you're gonna quit quit go do something else like get out of the way and give somebody else a shot because it's you like know, if, you, if you're saying that, it's like your whole heart obviously isn't in it. If you're like, oh, I'm gonna quit, right. yeah, like people it's, that are always quitting, dude, <laughs> and they're everywhere, man. Like, well, that, that operation sucked. I'm gonna quit if I don't, you know. Hey, look, then quit. Yeah, go be don't happy talk. somewhere else. <laughs> go be happy somewhere else, man. And you know, with that attitude, the company's probably just as excited to see you go. Yeah, like you know, I mean, they they can't, they can't make you happy in every capacity, man. Every job's going to have its struggle. Like if you're not happy, get out, man, go, go find that right job. Yeah. I mean, a team, uh, I mean, it's like it says a team is just as strong or what is it? It's like a team is as strong as its weakest link. And if you're, if you're not happy, you're actually drinking, you're bringing that whole team down. And yeah, yeah, if you, that's what you think, leave because then they can bring in somebody else and maybe that'll improve the team, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, 
yeah, just, you know, you hear it a lot, man. It's really unfortunate. But, uh, and I, again, you know what? Some operations deserve for you to quit. Yeah. I'm not saying you're, you know, I'm just saying there's those people in this industry where this quit every day. Like every day it's all like, they're going to quit. They're going to go do something else. They're going to decide the other thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, whatever. All right. So question number 10, last question in the lightning round. If you could fly anything, what would you fly? So, uh, the B2 stealth bomber would be up there. Ooh. Uh, P fifty one Mustang or a P thirty eight Lightning. Those would be my three. If I could fly, if I could fly in a Mustang, like that would be my dream ride along. Would be. Yeah. I don't even know. Like I love fighter jets. I love the Blue Angels. I love the Thunderbirds. You know, I love the F thirty five. But man, there is something about the Mustang that. <laughs> yeah. It's just so cool when you see it flying. No, I, it's that engine, man. It's that whistle it's got. You uh-huh. know, it's the air scoop and all that, and it's just one of the sexiest planes in the world. My grandfather used to say that. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the, the German general or whoever it was. I said, why did we lose the war? And he's like, the P-51 Mustang, that's why. Mm-hmm. Like, it was such a, just a, that, that plane, <clears throat> excuse me, that plane, like, you know, it was just an icon of its time. And, and it's just so effective. All right, so we're going to get into the final questions now. This is kind of going to help us wrap up uh, the episode, even though, I mean, you have given us some incredible, incredible knowledge and then just kind of telling the listeners about your experience and everything. Yeah. Um, and I hope they really do uh, learn a lot from it, but I think they're going to learn a lot um, from these next two questions. I'm going to let, I'm going to ask you the first one and then I'm going to let you kind of ask me one back and to let everybody know, I don't know what you're going to ask. So I'm really intrigued and I'm always intrigued by the things that people ask me. And then we're going to basically just follow up with one more uh, one more question to wrap everything up and kind of wrap up um, this great discussion um, that we've had with you. But kind of 70 years from now, how do you want people to remember you? Seven years from now, I, I you know, that, that's not that long. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I'm still I'm still healthy and out there. And I, I hope that, you know, I hope one or two people will start there came across one of several podcasts I've done and they're like, your TMT pod, man, that's great. Like, you know, I wouldn't be flying my Hawker or my, my Gulfstream or whatever if it weren't for that message, man. I was going through a lot and uh, that was like, it just hit a hit a chord and I stuck it out and mm-hmm. now life's great. Did you think uh, I said seven? What's that? Did you think I said seven? Oh, seven years. Seven, I you said seven, seven years. Seventy. Seventy years. 70, like I'm when like you're, seven years. That's yeah. Not that long, man. <laughs> We're young. No, no. Seventy years. So seventy years from now, you know, when you, when you have, oh, when, you're, so when you got, when you're grand, you know, or you're in, I don't know, maybe you're in a nursing home or something. I don't know where you're going to be when you're a hundred years old. I hope you're still alive, but. Yeah, me you know, too. At that I point, don't know, man. I'm going to be 100 years old. That's old. Yeah, I, I think about that too. I don't know if I want to do that, but yeah. So you know, when you, we'll we'll just say when you get older, you know, how you want people to remember yourself? Uh, somebody that uh, open-minded, faithful, loyal. Uh, those are kind of generic, I know, but uh, you know, um, just somebody that brought about uh, positivity and 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 could be counted on to, to make your day better. Mm-hmm. I mean, just treated people the right way. Um, great work ethic. You know, the thing is, is a lot of people would say that. You know, there's such generic answers. Yeah, but the truth is, they're super hard to find. They rattle off the tongue really easily, but like, you know, they're not that hard, they're not that easy to find. Yeah. No, it's it's, <laughs> uh, it's tough. You know. Sometimes, not in all cases, but you know, uh, just yeah. That, I mean, that would be uh, that would be it, I guess. You know, just uh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
So now that I've bombarded you with all these interesting questions, you know, to really give context to to the listeners out there, you know, who you are, what you do, and all these, I mean, incredible lessons that I hope our listeners take and they go deploy them too, because I think if they do, they're going to A, be happier, uh, whether that be in aviation or what they do, um, but I think it'll, you know, help them get to where they want to go. So I'm going to let you now kind of ask, ask me a question, ask me anything. What do you want to, what do you want to know? Yeah. So, you know, what, um, when was your big, uh, you know, when was your big, your kind of, uh, your kind of moment of truth? You know, what, when did you not, when did you go from deciding you were interested in aviation to where you were going to go after it? That's man, that's an interesting one. Um, so I was, and I actually did a post on it on Instagram a couple of days ago. Um, I was first introduced to aviation through a neighbor who's actually became a very, very good family friend of our whole family's um, son. And his father, the the husband, was a U.S. Air Force pilot. Um, and he introduced me and his son to pretty much aviation. I mean, that's how I was introduced to it. I mean, we were playing with, I remember having the... I, it was a Lego, so one of the first airplane Lego sets. I think it was like a Boeing 7, I want to say it was like a 747 uh, Lego set. We played with it. He taught us how to do uh, paper airplanes. And this was kind of back in the day when it was a little easier to get on an Air Force base um, than it is now, just due to the nature of the world we live in. Um, but he, he would show us the planes, and we got to, you know, and I remember this so vividly, even at the age, I think it was like five or something like that. I mean, that's how vivid it is still today. Um, but that was kind of the first foray into it, you know, and then you go through your teen years and I played all different sports, you know, I traveled with my family, got to experience different things, uh, did private school, did public school experience as much as I could, but never really gave aviation a chance. So I went to college, did that, got a degree, thought I was going to go do one thing, hated it, went and did another. And then it really started, like, I hate to say when my, my parents poisoned me. They showed me this movie. They showed me Top Gun, and I immediately freaking fell in love with just everything about flying. And it's not the Playboy mentality. It was the purpose behind it um, of flying and the importance and kind of the big the, – the commitment and, you know, basically not only do you have your own life at stake when you're flying, but you have the aircraft, you have any passengers, um, et cetera. And I was like, man, this is really interesting. And so I wanted to go – into the Navy. That's what I wanted to do. I actually took the Navy. I think it's, I can't remember. It's like the ATSB. Uh, it's the pilot exam. Um, and I actually, on my first take, I somehow I scored really, really well. Um, so well that the, uh, the recruiter said, I think we need to get your package in now. Like we should just send this in. Like, I don't need anything else. Like, let's just get this in. Uh, I think you can get in. And I kind of had cold feet. Um, I didn't, I didn't talk to my parents about it at the time. I didn't talk to my girlfriend about it. Um, this was purely something that I wanted to do. Uh, I had cold feet. I waited a year. Um, you know, I tried to go do other things cause I was like, man, the military really like, what's my family going to say? What's my girlfriend going to say? And I kind of kicked it to the curb and you know, long, lo and behold, then I brought it up again and said, I think this is what I want to do. And at the time she was my fiance. Um, were we married when I brought it up? We were either engaged or married, one or the other. And I brought it up to her again, and then we talked to both sets of parents. And it, lo and Nicole, you know, we kind of, they kind of questioned me a lot. It wasn't, why do you want to do this? Or, like, what's the purpose of it? But what's the purpose of you saying this? Like, what's deeper? And it really became, you know, I wanted to help people, 
and I wanted to fly and I wanted to, you know, help people through flying. So it wasn't because, you know, you get to fly jets. It's not because you get to travel the world in the military and go do cool things. There was the deeper purpose of wanting to help people through aviation. Um, and so that's when, you know, after that conversation and finally, what, 20, 25 years later, uh, you know, telling my parents basically, you know, they say, well, here's the deal. Why don't you go through training? Like, I wish you would have told us this a long time ago. Like, it would have been nice to know. And I was like, shit, well damn, I, I, I should have told you a long time ago like that. I kind of regret waiting a long time, um, but you learn a lot of things too. So I got, um, you know, I started going through training and then basically, you know, like I had told you, uh, previously, you know, I just want, I want to help kids now. Um, and I'd love to help kind of more of the less fortunate because my purpose through this all, and I've kind of figured it out is, you know, through aviation, bringing more people in because it's not the older generation that's going to do it. It's going to be us younger generation pilots. And so really coupling together why I wanted to fly with the purpose and putting them together, that was kind of my big aha moment. And that's when I just went full board and went for it. Kind of, kind of, kind of along from age four to, you know, age 27 that I'm at now. Um, but I mean, that's how long it took. That's really how long it took. So, Great. Sorry. Yeah, the, reason I, the reason I kind of ask, you know, is because it, it uh, those are the moments that people want to hear about, right? Yeah. Those are the moments that that's what we're essentially with our message asking other people to do. Yep. Have your big moment. And it, really take a hard look. And it's in yeah. the per and you just you know you talked about it right at the beginning. It's don't wait. You know, if you have a goal and you have a dream, go like go kick that dream and it's you know tush right. Like go do that. Don't wait. And I waited. I suffered the consequences on it. But now I'm I'm reaping the benefit through actually a bigger purpose. Um, and that's I mean that's why I feel fulfilled 100 percent through. Yeah. It. Right. So, great kind of the last question I wanted to ask you is basically you know it's going to question it's a question that I'm going to post on social media so on Twitter on Instagram. Um, through the stories and whatnot, but it's, what do you want to hear from the audience? Like what, what's your question to them? A question that I would have for the audience, uh, you know, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you've done one thing today to somehow enhance your life, right? Your, your attitude, your, your, your state of mind, your, the way you feel, pursue your, you're pursuing a goal in mind or you wouldn't be here on this podcast anyway. So, uh, what I would ask the audience is, um, and, and just to, just to make sure I, I understand, you're asking you're asking what do I want to hear personally back from the audience? Oh no, like what's a question you want to ask them? And you know yeah, maybe so what, what's your plan, right? Mm-hmm. What is your you know what stands? Figure out what stands between you and what you want to be, who you want to be, and figure out what that is. Identify that. You know, come come forward and develop your identity. And if that's something you spend 10, 15, 30 years on. You know, you're, that's a success. And, you know, I, I we're all working on that. I, I would just say, you know, guys, come up with a plan. Figure out who and what you are and then come up with a plan to, to get from wherever that is to wherever you want to be. Um, I have one. You know, we my whole team has them. We get together and talk about all sorts of things, you know, about that don't even involve flying planes or, or any of that. We talk about you know, how we feel and how we how – because we, uh, that affects team chemistry. So, um you know, just get a plan together. And, you know, I, I don't have time to, to respond to everything, but by all means, if there's an opportunity, I'll be happy to, 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 to be available as much as I can, you know, mm-hmm. to, to try to be part of the uh, part of the grassroots, you know, of change. And, and so uh, mm-hmm. get, get that plan together. Figure out, you know, figure out how to get some balance um, and, and you know, what's your plan. 
And, you know, if there's, if there's, you know, and I hope the listeners out there, you know, I want them to reach out uh, to you, you know, because you, you've had so many experiences um, that I really, I really do believe that, I mean, people like us are going to be the change. And I think you're, you're obviously way ahead of me. And I mean, I'm even learning from you. So for listeners who want to interact with you more, where can they find you? Where can they find the rest of your crew uh, on social media? Uh, and how can people support you? So that's something we're addressing right now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Instagram DMs are not they're the most heavily used, but they're also the most not. I won't use the word ignore because it's not like I actively just say, you know, I'm not going to deal with this. It's it's just physically like, you know, you, you with our responsibilities, the way we travel and, and, and things, it's just it's almost impossible. So, you know, we've we're talking internally a lot about that. Uh, obviously, we would love to have that that uh, that voice that we can address a lot of the questions to a broad audience as uh-huh. opposed to one at a time and. And so we are kind of addressing that internally. Um, you know, there's a lot to that we want to make sure that uh, we don't want to. We want to do that in line with uh, always respecting the privacy of our operation and our. Of owner. course, of course, yeah. That's, that's obviously a, a balance everybody understands that we mm-hmm. have to uh, we have to maintain. So uh, we're, we are talking about that internally, and uh, you know, um, stay tuned on that. Let me. Uh, I will. I'll keep you in the loop as that develops. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, that's all the questions that I have today for, I mean, that we got through so much and such, I have to say that was probably the quickest we've, we've done, but I feel like I learned so, so much, uh, I think that are going to help me personally, but I mean, I just really appreciate your time coming on, doing this, sure. um, Love to do an- answering Absolutely these questions. Um, and I mean, I think it's going to be great because now I'm getting all these young, these young aviators on here, sharing their experiences, sharing their stories and being able to, you know, as a community push push our beloved, you know, industry. I, that, I sound like an old person saying that, but push it forward and trying to, you know, help more people, uh, either come into it or at least, you know, show them what it's like to, to live out your dreams. Um, you know, work hard and, and just like you said, you know, have fun in life because when you have fun in life, it'll, uh, it'll get you to where you want to go. So I really, yeah, I mean, I super, I super appreciate you taking, uh, I know you guys have a busy schedule because <laughs> I follow you guys religiously. Uh, so I really do appreciate you taking the time out of, uh, out of my, uh, out of your days, excuse me, hey, uh, we're happy to answer to these every questions. Chance, every chance we get, we, uh, you know, we, we're, we're staying very true to our roots and our platform and, and, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're here to help guys as much as we can. Awesome. Well guys, you know, listeners, if you know, I'm going to post on social media, you know, answer, answer his question, uh, in the comments. Uh, we'll, we'll post it over on Twitter too. Uh, but again, thank you so much, uh, for your time and, and listeners, make sure you go, uh, you rate the podcast, uh, you, you go give it a comment because it's your comments are going to be, uh, what drives this podcast forward. And it's going to be able to help drive more questions like we just talked about today, uh, with AJ. So thank you everybody so much, uh, for listening today. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of Ab Geek Chronicles. Take care.